Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are... The fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Fantastic to have you with us. Could not do it without you. The renewal by Anderson fan phone, 844-326-3663 is there for you. As well as the text line, 71307. Just start your text with the word fan. And away you go on the show texter kevin from duncan says beamer is desperate and is doing any and everything he can to save his job next season gamecock fans do you subscribe or sell buy or sell that shane beamer is desperate it would, like it, it, to me taking that dude back gilbert Edmond, is a sign of desperation that's a sign of desperation is it not Texter says, Mark, you're 100% correct. Teams like Dallas and Buffalo will never get to the next level with their current coach. Another texter says, Lamar is way better than Josh Allen. What is Lamar one, texter? What position is more responsible for wins and losses in football than anyone else? What has Lamar Jackson won? Come on. I mean, let's let's be real about this, right? All right, guys. Um, So... Uh, what did you make of that? Like, I was floored. I, I'm sitting there yesterday. We've got Michelle Tafoy on. She says in the middle of the interview, she expects Travis Kelsey to retire this offseason. I'm like, okay, I haven't heard this before. So what I do is I start doing a search. I'm on the Internet. She's, she's on the line doing the interview. And I'm like, is anyone saying Travis Kelsey's retiring next season? Nobody is. She is. So then I say, hey, can, can we follow up with you? Can you tell me anything more about this? And she says, I can't tell you my source. but and, and so a lot of times when we have a scoop or anything, sometimes other times I can't. In this case, you know who it is, and I'm talking to her live on CBS Sports Radio. And she says, I expect Travis Kelsey to retire next year. Why? future plans boy is if that's not the the most the biggest breaking news you ever heard right because it's about taylor swift it's got to be about taylor swift she's touring she wants him to tour with her they love one another madly in love etc i mean think about this you know and a lot of people say that i'm not really down with the whole like taylor swift shots at the game guys not only does that not bother me I like it. Like I, I'm like I'm blown away by like how committed she is to a relationship that hasn't been going on very long. They started dating over the summer. And like by the fall, by October, November, she's at every single game he's at. Okay? She has no business in Buffalo. 
She has no business in Kansas City. And yet Taylor Swift is there like a loyal girlfriend week in and week out. I love seeing her. I love seeing how kind she is. I love seeing his brother Jason Kelsey shirtless in 10 degrees pounding beers. I love it. It's fantastic. Give me more Taylor Swift. Give me more Travis Kelsey. You know, in, in, in general, give me more relationships where people care so much that they're at every game. It doesn't matter if it's in Timbuktu, Taylor's going to be there. It's also great for growing the game among a segment of fa- uh, people who otherwise wouldn't watch the game. I mean, there are fans, yes. there are Taylor Swift fans who are watching the games just to see a glimpse of Taylor in the booth. And you, you may find that annoying, but let's be real, Mark. Most football fans are annoying because football fans are crazy. So you guys, who are just as annoying as Swifties are, are complaining about a new group of annoying people coming in and watching your games. I don't get it. I don't get it. And she's awesome. And she seems to be like just a really cool girl. And yeah, you know, if Travis ends the relationship, there might be a song about him. But man, if that's the worst that you can say, you're doing all right. Let me ask you this. What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you in a relationship? The worst thing that's ever happened to you. I mean, like seriously, like the worst thing an ex has ever done to you in a relationship. Or the worst thing that ever happened to you when a relationship ended that you had. All right? I bet you can't compete with this. I'm on the air in Atlanta. I got a four-hour show. The year is 2013, 11 years ago. And I got one of those flip phone cell phones at the time. And my phone starts buzzing so much it's going off of the studio table. It's like falling off of the studio table. And everyone's telling me, Mark, I think I can tell you her name because I'm not telling you her last name. They're like, Mark, Kelly has left the reservation. You've got to get home stat ASAP. She's left the reservation. I don't know what that means. You know, Mark, Kelly went on your Facebook page. Kelly is like leaving a nasty gram about you on your Facebook written from you to all of your friends and family. Like Kelly is doing that. Well, I got eight minutes before the start of a four-hour show. I remember calling my my parents and just saying, Mom and Dad, I'm a grown-ass man. I don't know what to do. They're like, look, you'll deal with that later. You got a show to focus on now. Turn your phone power off. Don't worry about it. Just focus on your show. All right? So I do that, and I focus on the show. And I get home, and all of my belongings are out on the front lawn of the apartment complex. Like my clothes, everything on the front lawn of the apartment complex. Okay? I, I get in. She has broken a picture frame that my grandmother gave me. Well, you might say, Mark, what did you do? Well, okay, she decided she was ending the relationship. She decided she was moving. All right? I decided, okay. Well, she's leaving. She's moving. Um, I'm technically single. I'm at least going to have conversations. And a girl in the apartment complex that I had not hung out with, just chatted with her when I was walking the dog, she baked me cookies and put them on our, on our front doorstep. 
And that did not go over well. Even though my ex had already broken up with me, um, it didn't go over well. So I say that to say, if the worst that can happen to you is that she writes a song about you, whoop-de-freaking-do. Who cares? Who cares? I've already been through way worse than that. You know, like I have been through bat bleeping crazy. So, like, if it, you know, who cares? Who cares? What do I care? You know, like, it, it, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, like, it just, I, I, I admire their relationship. I admire that she's there every single game. I admire that she shows up. I admire that she's there in the flesh and blood. I admire that whether it's an act or not, and I don't think it is, like, she really is into it. She loves when he scores a touchdown. That is like genuine emotion. That is awesome. You know, and I get the sense that like she's like living life through Travis in a way that she hasn't lived life before. I think it's amazing. Who are we to judge? Who are we to say this is bad? Stop showing Taylor Swift. I love when they show her. That to me is the most interesting part of the game. It's like here is this girl that probably couldn't tell you the basic rules of football. And she's there, and she's cheering, and she's into it, and she's yoked, and she is, I mean, guys, like literally, name a more famous American. Brad Pitt, not anymore. Angelina Jolie, not anymore. Scarlett Johansson, not anymore. Name a more famous American. It's awesome. Like, they are the first American family right now, and I love it. I think it's fantastic. I support them. You know, I've dealt with Bat Bleep Crazy. You don't want to deal with that. A song about you isn't half bad. Really isn't half bad. Uh, Let's see here. Texter says, if Beamer doesn't work out, Ray Tanner needs to go with him. Needs to go with whom, Texter? Uh, let's see here. Everybody knows Kelsey is Swift's next big album. Can't wait to hear it. I do know that she's classy. You know, like, did she not deal with Kanye West's dumbass the best way possible? Like, she just, the way she deals with, like, she handles her life with a plum. It's, like, really impressive. You know, like, Kanye West trashes her in public in front of everybody. And, like, she's, she still rises above it, man. Texter says, Mark, I have no issue with it other than they show her over and over again, whereas other famous people get shown once, and that's that. Yeah, but she's Taylor Swift. You know, like, okay. Like, she's, she is who she is. She's the all-American girl. You know, she is the girl next door who just happens to be able to sing. You know, and she's connected with so many people over her music. And when I say that Taylor Swift is the girl next door, I don't mean like she's some like supermodel or anything, you know, because she like she's a pretty girl, but like she's inherently American. She's flawed and she puts her emotion into her songs and like there's I don't know. I just I don't have the problem with that that many of you guys do. I actually think it's cool. Like, I, I love seeing their suite and the energy in their suite and how their suite is filled with people and 
how like she's just kind of a, a normal person, just wants to be a, a normal person. Uh, let's see here. Texter says, I went to kiss the wife of midnight at midnight in New Year's, and she whispers, I want a divorce. Oh, God. Dude, I'm so sorry. Listen to this. The show becomes a confessional right here before, you, before your very ears. Went to kiss the wife at midnight. She whispers, I want a divorce. Comes to find out she was cheating with multiple guys. See, bro, like that's when it gets to like the Tiger Woods type of BS that puts you in danger. You know, like like she's putting you in danger with that action. You know, like I uh, gosh, in Houston, um, the brother of the girl that I was dating in Houston told me that like he was worried about that his girl was cheating on him. And I said, why? And he said, it f- okay, listen, guys, family program, eyes up here. He said, it feels different. That's what he said. It feels different. And I said, so <laughs> you're saying she's cheating because it feels different. He said, yeah. He was right. She was cheating. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you could tell that it felt different. And that led you to believe she was cheating. And she was. Texter says, Mark, I have no, I dated a crazy Kelly too long a time ago. She is still referred to that as that name by everyone I know. I still get messages about it as well. Like, I still get, Mark, do you remember when, like, Kelly went on your Facebook page and, like, wrote everyone a nasty gram about you? That, like, she was ending the relationship, she was moving out, and, like, my great crime was that I had a conversation with a girl in our apartment complex in Atlanta who made cookies for me and left them at my door. I didn't ask her to do that. (coughs) I didn't ask her to do that. You know, like, I didn't know she was going to do that. Girl's trying to do something nice. Hey, maybe don't break up with me. You know, I I don't know. Uh, Texter says, Mark, if it heavily upsets you, then you're a freaking miserable person. I've even coined the phrase Taylor time. After the Chiefs score a touchdown. Did you guys see this, by the way? How cool was this? There was a uh, Chiefs fan who put a fan on by the TV. Did you see this? A Chiefs fan put a fan on by the TV in the hopes that it would have the Bills kick blown wide right. He turned a fan on. (laughs) (laughs) Like a stand-up fan. And then they're watching like they're filming it. This stupid little stand-up fan is on by right by the TV. And then darn if the kick doesn't blow wide right and everyone in the house is going berserk. They created their own viral moments. So guys, like, yeah, I ask you, if like if the worst case scenario is, like if the risk about Travis Kelsey is, man, they break up and he gets a song written about him. So what? Brother, I've been through worse. Believe me when I tell you. A picture of a giraffe my grandma made me when I was three, shattered in a million pieces. Nasty gram. She hacks into my computer when I'm going to do a radio show. Sends like a a thesis of complaints about me to all my friends and family on my Facebook page. Believe me when I tell you like I've been through worse. Believe me. I've been through worse. Texter says, 
engaged to a woman her Tinder profile to me. She was matched with... Oh, <laughs> oh man, I'm so sorry, Texter. I do not mean to laugh. I'm laughing with you, not at you, brother. He goes, she was matched... Oh, no. So this guy... Okay, I'm going to keep it together. He was engaged to a girl. His friend screenshotted her Tinder profile. Sent it to him. She was matched with over 5,000 guys, some of which were my friends. And he has friends in quotation mark, quote unquote. See what I mean? Like when you compare Taylor Swift, oh, she could write a song that's indirectly about you. Uh, some of you, you're not going to want to admit this, but Olivia Rodrigo has that song called Driver's License. And everyone was trying to figure out, like, what guy that song is about, right? Like, you know, like she, like she is dating somebody else, but she loved him, and she was like 16, 17 at the time, and he left her. If that's the worst that happens to you, man, like listen to all these people who have been through worse, okay? Like texter of the upstate uh, of the show said his wife whispered in his ear on New Year's, he's going to give her a kiss. I want a divorce. I'm cheating on you. I'm cheating on you with multiple different kinds of sausage. Imagine that. This guy, he's engaged. His friend shows him his girl's, his fiance's Tinder profile, 5,000 dudes she's matched with. 5,000 dudes. Texter, <laughs> Texter says, if she made you cookies, the least you could have done was make her hot dogs. Texter, Texter. You are pushing the envelope here, Texter. You are. All right, my friends. Up next on the show, there's something that makes zero sense to me from a college basketball perspective. And I'll tell you what that means. Next, here on Offsides, we are the Fan Upstate. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So here's what I do not get. All right. I just don't understand this at all. South Carolina is in the most recent bracketology. Joe Lenardi is responsible for this. Put it out on Saturday. Uh, South Carolina is among the last four teams in. My alma mater, Florida, is not in. Clemson is a seven seed who has fallen from previous iterations of this list. Now, Clemson looked very much like an NCAA tournament team, beating Florida State by double digits over the weekend. South Carolina, man, I get, I just gotta, I gotta tell you this, man. Like, I'm impressed. I'm so impressed with the culture change that I'm seeing Lamont Paris uh, for the Gamecocks. You know, people say, well, Mark Ryan, I thought you rooted against South Carolina. No, no, no. 
I root for the teams I cover to fare well because I care about you guys. It just so happens that the football team has a coach. I don't understand a damn thing he does. Like, I wouldn't do a damn thing Shane Beamer does ever. And that program always behaves that way. But South Carolina, the, the men's basketball team, Lamont Paris, 3-2 and two in the SEC, 15-3 and three overall. They haven't, they haven't gotten off to a start that solid since 2016-2017. Now, did something special happen that year or something? 2016 or 2017? Wink, wink. Gamecock basketball? Wink, wink. They haven't ha- had this start since then. So here's what I don't get. As I mentioned, they're in the NCAA uh, March Madness projection by Joe Lenardi, one of the last four teams in, okay? According to TeamRankings.com, a site that I've been following since I moved here, they say the Gamecocks have a 7% chance to make the tournament, and yet they're in by Joe Lenardi right now. Clemson has a 99% chance, meanwhile. You talk to Clemson fans, they're gar- like, they are convinced that they're still missing the tournament. 7% chance Gamecocks make it. Why? Because this site says the Gamecocks are projected to finish 5-8 and eight the rest of the way. We'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes, I suppose. I mean, I, I don't see it that way. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the Clemson Oculus says about Beamer taking recruits back. Yeah, Mark, my wife left me a year ago and went and dated a taller, more handsome man. This is from Gamecock fan Bubba. She was with him for a year. They lived in a better house, had some fun. Then she came back running to me because clearly the grass isn't always greener. Why would you take a guy back that left you? Why would you do that, Shane? It's never something I would do. I'm not perfect. I've got my flaws. It's just never something I would do. We've got Chris Phillips coming your way next. I see some great breakup stories coming in on the text line. We'll get to those. Don't worry as well. It's the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. And we... Are the fan upstate fantastic to have you guys with us? Truly do appreciate you making us part of your day each and every day. All right, joining us right now, as he does each and every Monday at this particular time, uh, he is now the owner founder of SEC Unfiltered. Chris Phillips joins us right now on the line. Chris, good afternoon. How are you, man? Mark and Diesel, what's going on, man? I'm doing well. Appreciate you guys having me. And, yeah, man, just having a blast on the SEC Unfiltered grind, man. It's been a lot of fun. So, again, it's always a pleasure to chat with you guys here on a, on a Monday to kick off the week. Yeah, man. So, so uh, we were talking a little bit about Taylor Swift, and I stumbled into some breaking <laughs> news yesterday, Chris, when I had Michelle Tafoya on, former NBC sideline reporter, who said she thinks Travis Kelsey, based on sources she's talked to, is going to retire this year, citing future plans. Uh, f- obviously, future plans could imply Taylor Swift. And, you know, like you've heard the same things I do. I don't know how you feel about it, Chris. I love it. I love seeing her at the game. I love seeing mm-hmm. like her interact with his family and how normal she is and everything like that. And, you know, like everyone is like, man, she's going to write a song about you. 
And I said, man, if she writes a song about you and that's the worst thing that happens, is that really that bad? Chris, you can share as much or as little as you want here. We've got audience members opening up. I've said, man, what's the what's the messiest breakup you've had? Chris, I had a I had an ex when I lived in Atlanta that uh, she ended the relationship, but she hadn't moved out yet. She wasn't going to be able to move out for a few months. <laughs> so I said, okay, the relationship's over. I'm going to be free to talk to other people, but I'm not going to bring anybody back home or anything, right? So uh, I talked to a girl in the apartment complex. I didn't know she was going to do this. The girl makes me cookies, puts them on our front doorstep. The ex finds the cookies on our doorstep, throws all my belongings out on the front lawn. Okay, G opens my Facebook page when I'm doing a show in Atlanta and she writes a nasty gram about me on my own Facebook page to all my friends and family. Now, in comparison to that, Chris, a song about me doesn't seem so bad now, does it? You know, doesn't seem so bad. So, Chris, I mean, is this really that awful? Have you had anything breakup wise that can compare to that? I have nothing that can compare to your story. Certainly, Mark, and I'm, I'm glad to see you made it out on the other side of that. And uh, I've also never had a yes, song written about me either, so. but I, I don't really have anything crazy in regards to breakup stories. I, I hate to disappoint, but mine have thankfully been fairly civil and uh, and nothing over the top, if you will. I, I like to think I don't attract those kind of people in my life, but I guess you just never know. But um, no, nothing. I don't think anything really noteworthy uh, to share, so I, I hate to disappoint, but um i'm actually glad to not one-up you in this instance mark i gotta admit chris what program and fan base thus far i think i asked you a similar question a few weeks ago but as you're now a couple weeks deeper into uh, uh going full bore as sec unfiltered uh what what fan base now a few more weeks in have you found it to be the easiest to to work with uh, who are very appreciative of the content, and, and what fan base have you found maybe a little more obtuse and difficult to deal with? Um, I would say appreciative. Tennessee fans, uh, especially lately, right, I had a take that I, I do think Tennessee is a sleeper for the 12-team playoff. And I mean, listen, a lot of the fan bases, when you say stuff like that about them, they're going to be, um, they're going to receive you well. But you know, that was probably one of the first fan bases that really received me. And a lot of Tennessee fans, believe it or not, actually just followed our content for a really, really long time. I had folks commenting saying that I can finally come out of hiding and admit that I enjoy listening to your show. Uh, so I'd say Tennessee fans are one. Ole Miss fans are another. Right, I've had a lot of great interactions with them. Most difficult to work with, Alabama fans are feisty. And they, they've been on edge, right? They've been on edge the last couple of weeks for very obvious reasons. And then, of course, Diesel, I mean, South Carolina fans never lose their edge, man. They never lose their feistiness. So, And I'd expect nothing different, right? So, um, But, no, it, it's been great, man. I've had my moments with each and every single fan base. And, uh, you know, I, I try Diesel, and I really do my best not to get too, uh, too attached to it one way or another because you know this. You guys know this as well as I do. You say something or you have a take that's positive about one person's team, they'll love you today, and then you have a critical take tomorrow, and they'll hate you tomorrow, you know what I mean? So you just kind of roll with the punches and uh, just say the beauties and the banter, if you will. Chris Phillips joining us on the show. Chris, what is Lamont Paris's secret sauce? This team hasn't happened like this since 2016-2017. Apparently something pretty cool happened in 2016. <laughs> So, like, what, what, like, what's the, what's the ingredient here, man? Like, and what he's doing. 
I think Lamont Paris, Mark, did a really, really good job in the transfer portal this past cycle going out and not just bringing in talent, right? Because I think there was, you know, not as much, but there was some talent on the team last year. But I think what Lamont Paris, Mark, did a really good job in doing was getting talent that was veteran experience talent that had had success before. And I think what you're seeing is guys like B.J. Mack, Taylon Cooper, Miles Studi, uh, others that they've added that, you know, guys that have had experience in the places, right, or they, they've had success, I should say, at other places, right, they've won. And I, and I think, you know, we talk about the word culture, we throw culture around a lot, but it, it is a difference maker when you get a bunch of guys in the locker room that are, that are used to winning, accustomed to winning. They're older guys, they know what it takes, they can hold the young guys accountable. I, I think, Mark, that's been one of the biggest difference makers. I also think Michi Johnson has really evolved into a star for South Carolina uh, I think one of the most encouraging things with the Gamecocks on Saturday, guys, is Michi only had eight points in that game, and you're still able to go to Fayetteville and beat Arkansas on the road. So, um, you know, also you're getting contributions from Colin Murray Boyles, the true freshman. So it's a number of different things. I mean, Lamont Paris certainly, guys, is pushing all the right buttons. But, I mean, I, I think you have to look at players, right? It's Jimmys and Joes, not X's and O's. And uh, we all know, Mark, in this day and age of the transfer portal, it's, it's how many portal guys, when you go get them, how many do you hit on? How many do you miss on? And Lamont Paris and company did a great job, and they've hit on virtually everyone they landed in the portal this previous offseason. Chris, as I'm looking at the SEC basketball standings right now, I'm blown away uh, about just how consistent and how, how elite of a run Auburn has been on since mm-hmm. losing to my Appalachian State Mountaineers in Boone. But Auburn's won 11 straight. Outside of that, you got Tennessee, who's won three straight, Kentucky, mm-hmm. who's won two straight. I mean, is it really Auburn and everyone else to win the SEC basketball uh, tournament championship? I understand that the SEC is not a one-bid league and is likely going to get you know three, four, five teams into the tournament. But, um, you know, Auburn seems like they're the best built to go out and win a tournament like that because they're on such a long streak. But if not Auburn, who would win that tournament in your mind? Uh, Diesel, to your point, man, they haven't just won 11 straight. They won 11 straight by double digits. I mean, they're not just beating people. They're pulverizing people. Now, uh, you know, I'm curious to see when they take on the Tennessees and the Kentuckys of the world and have some more challenging matchups. I'm not saying their schedule hasn't been challenging to this point, but, you know, there's going to be some tests in league play. But, I mean, there's certainly nobody hotter in college basketball right now than the Auburn Tigers. I mean, what Bruce Pearl has done – and they're so deep, man. You go back and look at the stats from Saturday. I was just taking a look at that on our show. I mean, it's it's not like one guy has 30 or 40 points and the rest of the team's just kind of, you know, hanging around. It, it's guys that have 15, 15, 14, 13, 12. Like, you go down the list of contributors. They are just so deep. I think right now, Diesel, it's fair to say right now they're the best team in the SEC. I mean, certainly the, the other two are, are Kentucky and Tennessee. Tennessee with Dalton Connect. What he's doing, I mean, he, he's a monster. He had a quote-unquote bad game and had 25 points against Alabama, and they blew them out by 20 points. And, then, you know, Kentucky just keeps on keeping on, man, with, with, with Dillingham and that crew. And I think John Calipari does have the team uh, to finally get back to the Final Four for the first time in a while. I, I do think Kentucky, Tennessee, and Auburn are in a class of their own in the SEC. But I think you could argue certainly right now nobody is playing better basketball at this current moment than the Auburn Tigers. Chris, one of the things that made me gravitate towards you and your content was you reminded me uh, of our style in that, you know, we don't try to curry favor. We shoot straight with you. Your content was the same. 
I can see that somebody loves a school and is passionate about the school, even if they're critical of the school. But so many fans these days seem to want, uh, you know, flowers and mints and so on and so forth. Um, and I, I'm curious, Chris, you know, like my my experience with the Gamecock fan base is well chronicled. What can you share about your experience with the Gamecock fan base? Um, some of the challenges you may have had with them and uh, how that evolved into what you're doing right now? How much time do you have, Mark? I mean, it's it's a great question. Um, hey, man, the floor is yours. The floor is yeah, yours. Thanks, no, man. I mean, listen, I, I've got I've got nothing but love for Gamecock Nation, truly, because I'll say this: you know, TSUS, the Spurs Up Show, would not have reached the heights that it did. We wouldn't have been in the position to make a business move like we did without the love and support of Gamecock Nation and those that that found our content or, or, you know, tuned into our content, bought the merchandise, whatever it might be, however they support it. So, and, and I think too, what you've seen in this, in this launch of SEC unfiltered, you know, we, we lost a couple hundred followers here and there, gained them back rather quickly, but the foundation did not waver. And I think that's because Mark, to your point, you know, there are certainly some out there that want to see sunshine and rainbows and, and, and they want to be told what they want to hear but I, I think people like to be challenged, and I believe that from the beginning. I, I don't think people – I think people want to be challenged in their beliefs and, and their thoughts, and it, that comes to sports as well. I mean, it's why I've always said the beauty is in the banter. I really believe it, it's, it's sports. It's fun. We should be able to debate and talk about it and disagree, and it be, you know, fun banter. But certainly, you know, to your point, Mark, I mean, there's a dark side to it, right? I mean, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you that it was all sunshine and rainbows when it came to – to dealing with the South Carolina fan base. I mean, I, I think that probably every fan base has this sector of folks, but I got to be honest, Mark, I, I'll be really surprised if I ever have the type of experiences with other fans of other schools is what I have with South Carolina. So, um, you know, I, I admittedly, Mark, don't like to spend a lot of time talking about that side of things because I feel like I'm shining light on something that doesn't deserve the attention that those people don't deserve the time of day. Um, but I mean, certainly listen, man, you get into this and, and people can see it on social media when you're in the position that we're in, you know, you got to take the punches and you got to take the blows. And I had to learn very on very early on Mark, how to separate myself and detach from, you know, to take nothing personally and detach from the good and the bad that people were saying about me on social media. And, um, you know, to the people that, you know, tried to attack me and my business over the years and obviously failed immensely. Um, I feel sorry for those people, Mark. I really do that. You, you, you know, to, to, when you see people on social media like that, that are in that dark of a place to, you know, for example, you've dealt with it firsthand, right? Attacks on your family, your wife, whoever it is, your career, you, you know, you look at those people with, with almost a sadness and an empathy because you have to be in a really, really dark, sad place in your own life to be doing that. So, um, I mean, certainly Mark, I've had my fair share of adversity. I mean, I can go back, you know, and it, and it became, I'll just say this, it became, there's been moments over the course of history to where the very entity I was covering became my greatest adversary and became my greatest source of adversity, if you will. And I won't go into necessarily detail here on these airways, but one day I'll do some sort of show or maybe like write a book about it or something. But uh, I think it would really stun a lot of people, the adversity we dealt with, not just from the fan base, but from the administration, the university itself from people within the football building, whatever building, or wherever, within South Carolina. But, you know, the beautiful thing about me, man, I'm a grinder, I'm a hustler, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. We push forward, we grow, we evolve, and, you know, we, we take that adversity as fuel, and that's what we've done. And, 
I've never been happier, Mark, with where I currently am in regards to that. I've never been happier as a content cre- creator. I've never been happier as an entrepreneur. And I'm so stoked for what the future holds. So I got a lot of love and, and reverence for Gamecock Nation. And, um, you know, I love those that support us over the years. I love those that, that hate us over the years because they all played a role in our massive success. Chris Phillips, SEC Unfiltered, joins us here on the show. Um, you know, college baseball season is now just a few short weeks away. Uh, what are your oh, – this is an open-ended question. What are your general thoughts on the SEC baseball season this year? Who do you see making a really strong push to be at the top of that league? Yeah, Diesel, great question, man, and I'm I'm obviously really excited. We actually just had, right before I jumped on with you guys, I was having a conversation with Aaron Fitt of D1Baseball.com. We, we sort of have a yearly convo with him that we air on our airwaves. But, uh, I mean, the SEC, guys, it's, it's going to be as strong as ever, right? I mean, you've got six of the top nine in the preseason top 25 that are in the D1 Baseball preseason top 25, if you will. Uh, South Carolina and Alabama also in that top 25. I mean, you know, I, I think the very obvious answer of who's going to run the league, Diesel, I think LSU's at the top. You know, can they go back-to-back? You know, they lose Paul Skeens. They lose Dylan Cruz. But they've got all the talent in the world, right? They returned Tommy Tanks in the lineup. I think they've got all the talent to, to do that and be the first team to go back-to-back since South Carolina did it back in 2010, 2011. You know, you look at Mark's Florida Gators, and, hey, Mark, this is a great year, man, to watch some baseball because Florida's going to be a monster. I mean, Jack Caglione, for my money, is the best player in college baseball for what he can do on the on the mound and, um, you know, swinging the stick, if you will. Uh, I'm happy, have Chris, power. by the way, I'm, I'm happy to – I'm happy to show up at a live show to watch the Gators eliminate the Gamecocks again. <laughs> yeah, you already you can already check that one off the bucket list, right? So, uh, but no, Florida's yeah. going to be right back there again. Uh, Kevin O'Sullivan's got power arms on power arms, and I mean they there's arguably no lineup in the SEC with more power. I wonder if maybe Arkansas could this be the year that the baseball gods finally shine on Arkansas? They're a priest of the top five team. You know, Vandy's priest is the top ten. All the pitching, you know, you could ask for is just can they hit enough. I think with Tennessee, it's a matter of when, not if, they win the College World Series with Tony Vitello. Texas A&M added Braden Montgomery from Stanford, who's one of the best two-way players in the country right up there with Jack Caglione. Uh, And then you look at South Carolina, right, for some local flavor. I I love the Gamecocks lineup. I mean, I think they're going to swing it as well as anybody. The the big question for them is uh, the weekend rotation and just who steps up in the pitching staff and who's going to be the Friday night guy because – they, they've got right now a, a lot of nice pieces, but I don't know that they have that really that dominant Friday night guy that even even though Will Sanders was not very good, uh, they don't have a Will Sanders. They don't have a Noah Hall. They don't really, you know, maybe Eli Jones evolves into that role. I don't really think Matthew Becker is that guy. Maybe a Roman Kimball that is coming off of Tommy John surgery. So if they can figure out the pitching side of things, They've got the sticks to do it, but uh, I mean, again, Diesel, we could just go on and on because again, I, I love college baseball, and I'm I, I'm telling you, when I talk about how stoked I am for the future with SEC Unfiltered, covering the entire SEC is something I cannot wait because we all talk about how dominant the SEC is in football, and it's getting a lot better in basketball, right? It's as good as it's ever been, but baseball, it's it's a different level, man. So I, I'm so excited for opening day, and I mean, I think there's truly. I think there's realistically five to six SEC teams that could win it all this year. Chris, we've got a clip here from Shane Beamer that uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to ask Diesel to play for you. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I shared this over the weekend. You and I had a brief chat about it. Um, Chris, you know, I don't know what it is about this program, but it was the same thing when Will Muschamp was the coach. Just so many of the decisions, so many of the moves, so many of the spin jobs – Leave me scratching my head, man. I'm just being real with you. 
Okay, mm-hmm. I've had Clemson players, current and former, liking my tweet that I sent out over the weekend, and you know, like it it blows me away that not only does Shane Beamer take back guys that left him for somebody else, but then he also tries to spin it like we're dumb. And we can't realize, we can't think for ourselves that this is somehow a great sign, a great look for his program. Um, Chris, here is Shane Beamer's commentary uh, last, late last week. Then I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Like, I, I just, I can't imagine celebrating you got your ex back after she left you for someone else. Here's Coach Beamer. I think probably the biggest thing, it makes a hell of a statement about our program a hell of a statement about our program that you hear a lot of these guys that they leave here for different reasons and they want to go home. He went home. He went home to the state of Florida. He went undefeated. He won a conference championship and all that wasn't enough. He said, I want to come back to Columbia, South Carolina, because I realize now that the grass isn't always greener. And I realize now what, a special thing that we have at South Carolina is, and I want to give up because he's probably going to be a starter down in Tallahassee this next upcoming season. I'm willing to give that up to come back to compete for a role. Chris, uh, make it make sense, man. Like, honestly, <laughs> no spin. Like, why is why is he spinning this nonsense to us? Like, how you know what I would respect a lot more, Chris? You know, I, I know a lot of people are going to raise their eyebrows at this. This guy left us. Clemson would never do this. Look, guys, we're desperate for help uh, on the edge. We're desperate. Like, why not just shoot straight with people, man? I mean, Mark, to your point, and I'll say this. We actually did. This was a segment on today's show, and a clip is coming, by the way. I just wanted to point that out to you. But, uh, you know, first off, my biggest takeaway, you know, it isn't really about what I take Gilbert Edmond back or not, or should they have done it? Because I wouldn't have done it. I, I wouldn't have taken him back. I think for the precedent it sets, I, I don't care what reasoning, like you mentioned, the spin zone you want to give yourself. Um, and whether you want to use the word desperate or not, but I, I think Shane Beaver obviously realized, like, they need help at the edge position. And it's like, hey, it's a warm body who's contributed in the SEC. Uh, we'll we'll look past what you did. and we'll, we'll, we'll bring you home, so to speak. So, I would not have taken him back. My bigger takeaway, Mark, from all this, you know, when I, I when I heard the clip, when I saw the clip, whatever, was Shane Beamer hasn't changed. You know, I, I mentioned this right after the Clemson game last year, end of season, uh, when Shane Beamer, you know, shed tears right at the podium. And I basically just said that, listen, I think Shane Beamer's the right fit for South Carolina. I, I think Shane Beamer – can still win and win at a high level in Columbia, but he needs to grow and evolve as a leader, right? He needs to take a moment to sit down, somewhat master his emotions, not be overrun by his emotions, and not make headlines, frankly, Mark, every time he takes the podium. And this instance just reaffirmed to me that that's not going to happen. Like Shane Beamer, for better or for worse, he is who he is. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He operates out of emotion. He lets his emotion rule his thinking. And so when he answers a question like that, he knows what people on social media are saying. He knows the pushback. He knows what, you know, people are going to come at him with. And and so he feels the need to respond to it all. And and so it may work out, Mark. I mean, that that may work, right? Being that volatile, emotional type of head coach and leader, it it may – they may win despite it or because of it. I I have no idea, right? We have to see how it plays out. But what this just reaffirmed to me is Shane Beamer is still the same 
chain gang complaining, Gatorade cooler kicking tears after the Clemson game coach. And Gamecock fans can kick and scream and be upset at me, but I'm only pointing out things that happened. Like, none of this is made up. None of it's make-believe. There are things that happened. And I'm not even saying that South Carolina can't win despite it, but what this reaffirmed to me is that Shane Beamer's not changing. He's not changing anytime soon. He is who he is, and I know some people will push back and say, well, you know, the thing that makes him so great when the team is winning at a high level is also the thing he's attacked for when when things aren't going well. Why be so volatile? You know, being all over the place, being a loose cannon. I I think it's just disappointing to see that Shane Beamer – you know, since the season ended, really didn't take the time to, to change or to evolve or take any corrective action on, you know, maybe it's okay to not make a viral headline every time that you take the podium. And, and to the point of that, by the way, Mark, because I know you saw that I replied to somebody today that, you know, some people think it's, it's myself or it's you that are, oh, you're, you're pumping this BS. That's why people are talking about it. The post on X, I think it just hit a million views. So, this goes far beyond Chris Phillips or Mark Ryan or Diesel. This is something that went viral, that had fans of every fan base, even those in the Gamecock fan base, talking about. And I don't know, Mark. I, I just – it's just Shane Beamer being Shane Beamer. And I think as a Gamecock fan, you fortunately or unfortunately have to accept that reality. Chris Phillips, SEC Unfiltered, invite you to follow his new channel, invite you to follow the new account, and not just Gamecock coverage, but all SEC coverage. Check him out there. Chris, great catching up with you, man, as always. Truly appreciate you. Mark Diesel, always a pleasure, guys. Appreciate you having me on. You got it. All right, Chris Phillips, and we have the top five at five coming your way next here on Offsides, the Fan Upstate. 